0: Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Book Talk with Kara. It is Tuesday night, and tonight I am excited to introduce you to my new writing friend, Michelle Alexon. She is a debut author whose second book will come out in two weeks, and so I'm excited to introduce you to her and give her, give you a chance to get to know her and a little bit more about her book. So, Michelle, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Yeah,
1: I'd love to. Again, my name is Michelle Alexon. Um, my writing name, I often use my maiden name, too, so I have Michelle Sass-Alexson, and I live in central Minnesota. I've got uh, four kids and my husband, and we kind of live out in the country here, and um, I, I did
0: homeschool, but now kids are in school full-time, and I'm writing, so. That's awesome. So how long did you homeschool? Because that's something that you and I share, is that I yes. had for 12 years, and now mm-hmm. my two who are still at home and in school are in public school so how did you yeah. come to your homeschooling journey and all of that um I
1: started when my oldest was in kindergarten it just a typical classroom wasn't a great fit for him so we uh started uh then and that was well he's a junior now so okay. it feels awesome. like it flew by and with all four of them the last ones um I just stopped last year I did, did half time with my youngest too, Okay, he's in school full time so
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's always interesting to see people's journeys. And I know with like three of our kids were born in the fall. So they were just ready for school before Mm -hmm. they were technically old enough. And so, (laughs) and because I'd been homeschooled, it was like, Oh, this is, I can do that. Although Uh I don't know about you, but the thing that intimidated me the most was teaching reading. Cause I was like, if I don't Uh get that right, everything else is going to be harder. And so that Uh was the thing that if I can just get them reading, then Mm -hmm. we can do this.
1: I was really blessed with kids who got it like that. I mean, they were reading before kindergarten, but I was always worried about math (laughs) because suddenly, oh no, that's not my forte. (laughs) There's a reason I work with birds,
0: so yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh because. I think it was about algebra two, was where I'm like, okay, I'm starting to cap out on my ability mm-hmm. to feel really comfortable, but counting bears, Legos, I'm like, we can use yeah. all the props to get this at yes. least the early concepts across.
1: Right. So tell yeah.
0: us about tell us about your books, because you're writing as part of Sunrise Media with um, the Susie Mae Warren series. And so mm-hmm. you're in Deep Haven and you're writing books. So how did you get that opportunity and what has it been like?
1: Oh, it's been incredible. Uh, I have been a Susie fan for so long. And so, um, and I've been pursuing publication pr- since about 2018, 2017, getting really serious about it. And when I saw this opportunity c- come up, I just I had to try. So I just auditioned um, similarly to Andrea and Rachel, who I know you've already interviewed before. And um, so long is mentoring um, writers that had a voice that was similar enough to her Deep Haven series that her readers would really uh, like it. So we sent a sample of her writing to see if that we had a voice that would work with that. And then a premise like an idea for a story. So uh, they liked it enough that they wanted to see an actual
0: chapter that I could write on a story and then the rest is history. So that's awesome. So how did you come up with an idea? Because Deep Haven was already really established by Susie Mm -hmm. and all of her writing and her books and I mean they're just wonderful stories so how did you look at that and then go I know how I can slide in I know how I can tell a story Mm -hmm. in this space and have it work really well
1: Um, well part of it was a little um there's a little inspiration for my own story in that Deep Haven's a small town and I live in a small town now but I didn't grow up here I moved here when I was 16 So uh, coming from suburbia and bigger cities, moving here was quite the culture shock. And so I thought about taking that idea and I brought an outsider and thought, what would they be like if they came to Deep Haven? And especially if they weren't the typical Midwestern or Minnesota nice or, you know, someone who's a little prickly. And I also a little twist on a, um, a Beauty and the Beast story. So I made my heroine, the beastly one, and then, um, you know, the hometown hero was kind of the, the beauty, but, you know, just everyone loved him, and so how could we bring these two crazy opposite people together, so. that was That's so
0: fun, because when I was talking with Andrea, one of hers was almost more of a Cinderella-type story. Yes, yes. Did you guys get together on that and go, we're going to retell fairy tales?
1: <laughs> we didn't. It was just, I love fairy tales, and um. You know, you, always, you almost always have a, something that you base your story off of, either, either like a twist on a well-known um, trope. So I was like, well, this is a trope I always enjoy, uh, people that you would never put together and somehow they come together. And um, I just wanted to explore that. But yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Both Andre and I kind of had little hints of fairy tale retellings.
0: Yeah, so your book that's getting ready to come out in a couple of weeks, what's the title for it? That one's called Right Here Waiting. And And is that that one have a fairy tale retelling as well? Not really. By that time, I
1: had enough people in our Deep Haven stories that I had someone's story that I wanted to tell. So that one wasn't as much um, of a Deep Haven, but it kind of is a little takeoff of a favorite rom-com of You Got Mail. So uh, we have that kind of storyline to it.
0: That's so fun. And I think there's a lot of us who you've got mail is one of our favorites, because my novella in uh, A Christmas in Mistletoe Square has Mm -hmm. a you've got mail kind of twist to it and like the feel of the story. Um, And then the author I was talking to last week had based hers on the you've got mail only playing Mm -hmm. with texts and things like that. So how did you riff off of you've got mail was it the snappy dialogue was it the Mm -hmm. mistaken identity what kind of piece did you pull out of the movie
1: right it was definitely uh more of a secret identity so one person realizes who they're uh they're chatting with online and the Mm -hmm. other doesn't (laughs) so and someone who's been far away and all of a sudden someone else shows up in deep haven but uh someone new but my hero doesn't realize that this is the same person that he's been chatting with online for a couple of years. So,
0: oh my goodness, that's so fun. So did you have to create an app or a platform for them or did you work off yeah. of something that we're all familiar with?
1: I, we mostly, kept, I pretty much kept it vague. So, I mean, I mentioned, so my hero, um, he's a dog sledder. So he kind of had an online following through his vlogs and through Instagram. And then um, I had just through a chat through that. Um, that's kind of how the de- the relationship developed with the heroine. So,
0: oh, that's so fun. And I got to tell you, everybody's piling on with you've got males, my favorite. <laughs> I know. And so and Nina, I mean, everyone's And Nina asked a really good question. And this is one I didn't think to ask last week. So have you watched the shop around the corner? Because that's the movie that inspired You've Got Mail.
1: No, I knew it was based on that book or and I didn't realize it was a movie though. too. So. Yeah,
0: it's a Jimmy Stewart movie from I, I think they, uh the one we have I'm pretty sure is black and white. And so oh, it's wow. a really sweet story that then uh Miss Ephron pulled forward and then mm-hmm. instead of having Jimmy Stewart, of course you've got Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. So, which, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'll
1: have to look into that. That sounds fascinating.
0: Yeah. And so it's, it's a good one and it's different. I mean, there definitely are differences between the stories, but you can see the inspiration. So I bet you would really enjoy it because it's, and it's kind of got a Christmas feel. So it's perfect to watch now.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and our, and right here waiting in this book, it takes place over November. So it's a really good uh, fall Thanksgiving movie or Movie book, and um, you know we talk about dog sledding and outdoor adventure. So it has a little bit of a Christmas feel, not quite. It's more Thanksgiving, but it does go into December
0: too. So. Oh, that's so fun! So you mentioned dog sledding. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've done, or is it an element that you had to research <laughs> to incorporate into the book?
1: I had to do a lot of researching. That um, it's not something I've ever done, but uh, living in Minnesota especially in northern Minnesota, where Deep Haven is set, there are actually people that dog sled up there, uh, but it was really interesting to watch. Um, I'm so grateful for YouTube. <laughs> there's yeah. documentaries about, uh, I didn't, I've heard of the Iditarod, so I learned a little bit about that, but there's also other really long dog sledding races, like the Yukon Quest, that are very similar, that take place in Alaska and in Canada, so it was really fun to, uh, just to watch some of those uh, documentaries and see what these people go through and the dogs and yeah, it's just fascinating. And uh, then we thought I watched Iron Will. as <laughs> the movie that was the inspiration. So,
0: oh, that's funny. So I, which one of your characters is into the dog sledding and the that's dog my reason? hero, Nick. Yep. Okay. Yes. And how did he get into it? I mean, how did you wake up and go, he's going to be into dog sledding. That is going to be what right. this book has elements
1: of. <laughs> well, we, I actually introduced him in my first book and crazy for you. So in that one, my hero, Peter, he had a cousin and he was, I just, I don't know where it came, dog sledding came up, but he just had dogs and he lived in the woods and was a dog sledder. And then after we finished, I finished Peter's story. I'm like, I need to tell Nick's story. Um, especially because uh, Nick was a bit of a truth teller for my hero, Peter. Uh, but the truth was, he was also pining for somebody in that story. And so the way things ended up, he's, um, that hero, that heroine was, ended up being in Rachel's story. So he was going to be heartbroken and I couldn't leave him that way. <laughs> so oh, story yeah. for Nick. And I already knew he was a dog's letter from Peter's story, so.
0: Isn't it funny how we can get so attached to our characters that we're like, we can't just leave them. We've right. got to come back and give them a happy ending too. Exactly. Yeah, so-, so Someone
1: new to Deep Haven for Nick.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. So how did you what, How did you find the writing experience? Because it's different when you're writing kind of it, in conjunction with other people versus mm-hmm. it's just me and my story world and that's it.
1: Right, Uh, I love the collaborating process. I love brainstorming with other people, and um, I just love that sense of community and connection with others. So, in a lot of ways, if this was so up my alley, um, we were able to come together and to brainstorm our two books, and then now we're all working on a third book, a deep haven.
0: And even though um,
1: Andrea is on, lives only about hundred miles away from me, not too far. And so I could see her pretty often, but I, Rachel lives in Oregon. So yeah. for, her, be, for all three of us to be together, and we were with Susie. And the first time we were also with Lindsay Harold, our other editor. And um, just that process, one, to glean from people who are just incredible writers in the, of themselves. And then to kind of go on this journey with two other newbies, so you don't feel quite so alone, and there's always someone to bounce ideas off of, and um, that's been just fabulous, really. And to have these friendships that I would have never had, had it not been, you know, for Sunrise in this process, so.
0: And writing can be such a solitary adventure mm-hmm. where, I mean, it's you and your computer and you've got to come up with all these ideas. Right. What has the brainstorming process been like? Because I think brainstorming can just be magical, especially when you're doing mm-hmm. it with people who understand your characters and understand your writing and kind of the elements that you bring to a story. So what was that like? Was it... Um, kind of intimidating at first or is it something that you're like man I can't wait this is the best thing ever to come up with ideas with other people
1: uh probably a little bit of both because all of our brainstorming sessions when we were in person are are of course with Susie so we're going uh, one who you know pulls things off the top of her head and I feel like I'm just plugging away and digging and digging and just trying to find a nugget and she's shooting ideas boom 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 so but at the same time like to have those cheerleaders and to have everybody's kind of, um, ideas pulled together and to have something come out of it. That was, it was really cool. And honestly, it was exhausting too, because it doesn't seem a lot, but sitting there with all that brain work really takes work. So it's, um, I mean, we worked full day to figure out really hammer out who our characters were. So each story took a day as far as really, our hero and heroine deeply before then we kind of come up with a rough plot outline and then uh, we would go to the next story so it was it took a lot but we learned so much in the process too so
0: Yeah, because Susie is masterful at teaching writing and has such a great process that I can imagine having her push you like that would be amazing and draining and daunting and just all of it, energizing and exhausting all at the same time.
1: Oh, totally. But I would so do it again. (laughs) It was was great because, uh, again, to learn from someone who just can pick it up so quickly and uh, just so practical and um, even though it's a similar process every time like every time I feel like I get it a little bit better a little under more understanding about that um I remember the first time I took a Susie class for instance she kept talking about goals and what your character's goals are and I hate that word <laughs> and I just was having such a hard time with it because it's not something I do I am not a goal-oriented person I'm a very big picture person and she finally was like Michelle what does your character want and then it was like oh Oh, ding, ding, ding! (laughs) So, someone who could take this concept and make it understandable to the way my brain worked, and um, yeah, it's been great. And then every time we go through the process, I I get it a little better, and I feel like I still have way to go. But
0: you know, every step you're you're growing, and that's just so fun. It is, and it's one of the things I love about writing. I'll never arrive. And if I feel like I've arrived, it's time for me to stop, because there's always more I can do and learn about story and characterization and digging deeper. And it's part of what makes it so fun, but also makes it exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, so you were in, Deep Haven is a fictional town, and it's based on a real town. Is that where, did you guys go to Grand, how do you say it, Grand Marais? Grand Marais. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to say it wrong. So did you go to Grand Marais for your brainstorming? Did you have a chance to see the town or did you just do like Google street walking and things like that?
1: Right. Well, I actually know of Grand Marais. My family and I, we've been uh, camping there since my kids were really little. Um, It's just such a great little town and it's right on the north shore of Minnesota on Lake Superior. And uh, we, there's a campground there. And so we always camp and walk around the town and do hiking. And there's just a ton to see in the area, a lot of um, beautiful rivers and hikes and waterfalls and stuff. So we've been going there every summer for a long time. And then to find, um, and then I realized that that's what Susie's Deep Haven books were um, based on. Then of course that made it even better <laughs> to, to go there. So it's a town I'm um, we've loved. And, um, and then in our brainstorming, uh, I believe Andrea has been there too. So the three of us knew it. And unfortunately, Rachel being in Oregon, she learned the deep even through the books, through the Christian Sincere, the other books Susie wrote set there. And finally, at our last brainstorming session in June, we, um, we were all together working on our third book. And we did take a, a really, it was a really fast trip because it was about five to six hours away from where we are in the Twin Cities like, to Grim, right? And we did, we got up really early one morning and we drove all the way to Grand Marais so Rachel could see the town too and just kind of get a feel for it all and then came back. But yeah, it's has really actual brainstorming there but we actually did all four of us get to be there, so.
0: Well, and several people in the comments are saying that brainstorming is their favorite type of story And I have to agree. There's just, there's so much magic that can happen. But right. Linda and wants to know, yeah, anything's possible but Linda wants to know, what's your favorite what genre do you write? Mm. Oh, great
1: question. I write contemporary romance, and I also do a little bit of romantic suspense. So um, in my first book, there's a, a little more suspense uh, or action elements to
0: it. But that's... Awesome. Well, and Nina is headed to Grand Marais this weekend, so oh. I'm jealous, Nina. I'm so jealous. Yeah,
1: have a donut for
0: me. So... Are there any things that she should see or that others of us who may someday get there that you're like, when you're there, you absolutely have to do X. Right. Uh, Well, you have to go to World's Best Donuts because they are
1: the world's best. (laughs) And um, we always, our family likes to get them early in the morning and then take them out to something called Artist Point, which is um, this really interesting kind of a peninsula that goes out into the bay, but it uh, has a T-shape to it. And it's just beautiful. And we go out there and we eat our donuts for breakfast and enjoy the the Lake Superior beauty.
0: That's awesome. Now, I'm assuming you go up there in the summertime and not in the winter. Right. But your book is, your first book is set Mm -hmm. there during November. So what are the Minnesota winters like? Because I've gotten a sense from other books set in Deep Haven that (laughs) it's crazy. So what's it like as someone who's from that area?
1: Uh, yeah, it's cold. It's very, very cold. <laughs> and you have to be prepared for cold anytime from October all the way through May and, and snow. could last year, this time we had snow on the ground. Um, it's not typically that early, but you just have to be ready for it. And we've had years where we've had snow in May. Uh, my son's birthday is like May 12th, and he's had snow on his birthday before, so it's um and a lot of sub-zero temps. So you really uh, we really pride ourselves on being hardy Minnesotans that can survive the brutal extreme temperatures that we do. Yeah. So uh,
0: Nina also wants to know have you been to the folk school up there? Uh well we walk through there when I keep cam- when I'm camping and they always
1: have such interesting things. So at the folk school they'll like bread making classes but then they have how to build timber frames and how to uh, do blacksmithing things and lots of like everything from the small crafty knitting things to like big structures so it's really cool to see all the projects that they're doing but i haven't ever attended there
0: okay now that sounds like a really interesting way to Mm -hmm. i guess see how things have been done in the past and what it's like i can't imagine living that far north now in nebraska Mm -hmm. we would always say in theory you can get snow from about now end of october to easter so kind of that october through april space but it's not Mm -hmm. consistent. You don't get feet of it. It's not at the same level. So I just, I can't even imagine. I like snow, I don't think I'd like that much.
1: Yeah, I tend to burrow and hibernate in the winter, but um, I also live rurally. So we kind of have to drive to go anywhere and do anything. So uh, you get really good at driving on winter roads and uh, making sure you always have certain things on hand and, you know, learning how to stay warm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Layers are really important. I would imagine lots and lots of layers. Yes. So um, Molly says you're such a great storyteller and that she's loving all of this. So how do you think you became a great storyteller? Um,
1: You know, I don't follow a
0: typical path when you talk to a lot of writers. A lot of them
1: are like, oh, I wanted to write since I was a child. And that was not true for me but I did love reading and I've always loved reading and stories um, and I didn't get into writing because I think my first dream was really to have a family. Like I just really wanted um, to get married and to have children and raise them. And then as I, as that dream came true, then I felt like, well now I need something else because these children are going to leave me. And um, when you mentioned just writing, there's always something to learn and grow in. I just, it was, it was really appealing to me for that reason. And then I realized looking back, like I didn't always write, but I did always love stories. And I do, I did a lot of daydreaming. So I remember having those dreams in my head and thinking about like, oh, I didn't like how that book ended or how this movie happened. How would I change that? And, you know, daydreaming about that. So then daydreaming really is writing stories and
0: telling stories. They just down or typed out. So that's awesome so when you read a book do you see the movie in your head or when you're in a movie do you imagine what the book was like or would be like oh I wish I was
1: more visual I'm I'm really more like how does it feel so I love the way words can evoke feelings and emotions and um uh but I'm not great at like seeing it in my head a lot but I do love that about movies too like you could see it and um pick up on certain things but then in the book sometimes you kind of understand someone's mindset so much more so Mm -hmm. it has that special depth and that's always what I want to know like what are these characters feeling and thinking and um so that's my favorite part of writing it and and watching and seeing that
0: yeah yeah I I love looking at like origin stories and so most people wouldn't go oh this is a super well told story but I'm like Black Widow Talk about a great origin story, and you know, helping flesh out this really complicated character. And yeah, I love. In some ways, yeah, yes, another Marvel person. I love it. I was grading to Endgame this weekend. I had two hundred and fifty essays I needed to grade on a quiz, and I Uh put on Endgame and just kind of trucked through them all.
1: Yeah, because
0: I yeah no, I was waiting for
1: that one for a long time. In fact, my daughter, um, I have two boys and two girls, and my one daughter. Uh, has red hair and so we always try to make a character that has red hair for her Halloween dressing up and a costume and so this year she's Black Widow so I know sometimes she's blonde she's been redhead before so
0: yeah oh that's so fun yeah, yeah. Um, during the pandemic when we were kind of in lockdown I watched all of the Marvel movies in order yeah. and I had a little bit, my kids kept laughing at me because i are like mom seriously you're watching movies and taking notes And like this is storytelling 101 Right. this yep. is my homework right so. and, they, and they've made this epic
1: following I mean to bring yeah. to able to weave all these storylines and characters and plot lines I yeah it is definitely worth studying to learn how to do a how to write a story
0: well absolutely so now that we've been talking for a while is there anything we haven't talked about yet that you're like man I'd really love to share this with those who are listening um Well, I guess
1: just the, the sunrise books that they're coming to a conclusion. So if they've, uh, there's the, I have the sixth book and the third book. So now they've been coming out all year long. So this is the last book in the series and, um, it's just been an incredible journey. And I hope people enjoy coming back to deep Haven and learning and hearing three new voices and, um, and hope they're excited for more because we're writing more and, um, Yeah. And I'm also have some other writing opportunities that are coming up that hopefully I can make public soon too. So it's, um, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you tonight and um, hope to get to know some people on social media too. I'm really easy to find and love connecting with others.
0: Yeah. So what's one thing that readers can do that would be helpful for you?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, right now, one of the things as a writer I'm trying to do is to grow an email list. So um, earlier before we we were talking about how Facebook always seems to be changing things or Instagram and now it's owned by Facebook. Um, so social media is great and that's such an easy way to connect with people. But at the same time, it could change any moment. So one of the things I'm trying to do is build my email list. Um, so if anyone was ever interested in knowing, for instance, like what the news I'm going to be sharing pretty soon, or anything like that. Following me on my website would be an awesome way to do that. So, and that's just jackalixon.com. So, pretty easy.
0: Awesome. And Linda was wondering, can you show the cover of your book? Oh, I can show crazy for
1: you, but I haven't received my um, my author copies yet. For right here, waiting. Oh, the light is good. there. We go. Yeah,
0: there you go. And these covers have been some of the best. I oh absolutely goodness. love the covers. And I was
1: really wish I had my other one because it's this warm red and it's got these little puppy dog cookies on it that is
0: just adorable. It is. I've been seeing it on social media and it's so cute.
1: Yeah. So so they're yes, that graphic designer, Jenny, I believe her name is, has done an amazing job.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, she really does. She did some of my books as they were coming back out. Really, Jenny with designs is just fantastic all right well thank you so much for joining me tonight and for those of you who uh want to tune back in next week jocelyn green will be joining me to talk about her books so look forward to introducing you to her as well because she writes historical um romance so yeah Yeah, Yeah, thank you all right have a great week everyone If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you. So be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at karaputman.com, And you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in.